when your expectations are false, disappointment is natural. These were the words with which Puja Gurudev initiated the Gita Marathon camp and caught our attention completely. The very cause of our sorrows in life is our false expectations. If you go to the Sahara Desert, if you go to the Sahara Desert in the midday and expect a cold glass of Coca-Cola, you're bound to be disappointed. You hold in your hand a burning ember, a burning piece of coal and expect that you feel refreshed. You will not only be disappointed, you will be burnt. Is it not? You come to an ashram, a rural ashram in the depths of the Himalayas, in the heart of the Himalayas, and expect a five-star treatment. Yeah. In fact, you will get a multi-star treatment of total wonder. That is what is called yeah, as the greatest wonder of life that we see everything around us changing and yet we expect everything to be the way we want it to be always. Thus, when our expectations are false, disappointment is natural. And where there is disappointment, there will be sorrow. And another problem that we have is we don't want sorrow in our life at all. We want always moments of joy. Hmm? How is it possible in this ever-changing world hmm? made up of constantly changing objects? Hmm? Not constantly, but erratically changing emotions. Yeah. And uh, with our ever-changing thoughts, we expect to get permanent happiness from a world which is constantly changing. If you're not going to be miserable, then what is going to be the case? We want joy always, but everything being changing, is it possible to have joy always in this world? It's like saying that there is a magnet and every magnet has got a south pole and a north pole. Every magnet has. And because of its south pole and north pole, it attracts to itself various objects, iron filings, etc. So, 
because of its magnetism it has got the south pole and the north pole now you say that i do not want the south pole i only want north i can say safely say that in himachal where i come from if you even mention the word north so you want only the south and you don't want the north wherever you cut the magnet there a new north pole is born is it not yeah a new north pole is born you cannot avoid it it is unavoidable that where there is heat there will be cold where you get company of people so will you also have the bathroom locked in the morning when you want to go to the toilet you cannot avoid one without the other and yet we expect to have everything our way we expect to have joy but not sorrow we expect everyone to be nice to us but no one should expect me to be nice to them yeah when expectations are false disappointment is natural constantly with these two poles we attract to ourselves life experiences of joy and sorrow and we have our various preferences hmm, of things but the pairs of opposite coexist you cannot have one without the other yet we expect to have one without the other disappointment is unavoidable how is it that we cannot have that whenever we experience life we experience it through the pinhole of our individuality yeah everything is self centered and i consider myself to be the center of the universe and the whole universe must resolve according to my likes and my dislikes if you have the likes and dislikes then anxiety frustration excitement is but natural hmm? we will have it we cannot avoid it as long as we have this ego and this ego's likes and dislikes because of its own desires wanting one and not wanting the other there will be sorrow and if you want to avoid it then the only way is what would you do if you did not want the magnet to attract and some of you might think i'm such an attractive personality that every sorrow in the world gets attracted to me only 
Don't you feel that? <laughs> yeah. There are some people, they are so attractive that every virus and germ and bacteria comes to them only. Yeah. If you do not want it, then you have to let go of the likes and dislikes. You have to let go of that which attracts and that which repels. Therefore, realize master in this world neither gets attracted to anything, neither gets repelled by anything because he is free of this. Can't see he's not magnetic. Yeah. And Gurudev went to explain beautifully. In the core of every magnet is the iron, which has got neither the North Pole nor the South Pole. But when you have that magnetism in it, you will attract to yourself various objects, various life experiences. How do you let that magnetism go? How do you eliminate the South Pole and the North Pole? Not by not wanting one and wanting the other. And he in his dramatic style says very beautifully, the only way, and these days we don't have those experiments anymore because we don't carry magnets, we don't carry magnifying glasses, we only have one tablet which we take with us which has got everything in it. Yeah. which we see others doing but we ourselves don't do to experience it and therefore every experience of ours truly is a virtual experience. <laughs> whatever is tabled for us, whatever is tableted for us, that alone we experience. How do we be free of this North Pole and the South Pole? Free from this like and from this dislike. Free from life's experiences of joy and sorrow. You cannot have one without the other. And he said very beautifully, if you have done it, and I think many of you are from that era, where you did play with magnifying glasses and magnets, the only way is drop the magnet. Keep dropping the magnet again and again and again, it loses its magnetism. And he said very nicely, let the world drop you. Let the world smash you. In fact, that's the only way to give up the poles of your likes and dislikes. You're left with no choice. Yeah. That is how you let go of it. With this, he started the Gita Marathon camp and in short, summarized for us entirely what is to be achieved through the study of the Bhagavad Gita.
If you ask me why this marathon camp, so I'll tell you, this marathon camp is for my first love in life. See everybody, you know, your first love is your first love. Of course, you have your mother, you have your father, all you love. You know, but there is something called as first love, which you discover. You know? And this Gita Marathon camp is my first love, for, is for my first love. And that is Krishna. Ever since I know, I was in love with him. And therefore was always curious to know what has my Krishna said. And we had all heard from childhood that Krishna has spoken on the Gita. Krishna has given the Gita. And from childhood, my pursuit was that I must hear the Gita. The knowledge of the Gita I would get from my grandmother in very simple words. But that Gita, I was always curious to know. There was a thirst for knowledge from childhood that drove me to study, to want to know, not just to get marks, but to know and to find out what is the purpose of life that will give you fulfillment in life. That knowledge that would somehow satisfy and give fulfillment. Studied science. In the beginning days, it was very curious because new knowledge you keep on getting. Afterwards, you realize that it's not knowledge. It's just information of something that others have discovered and rediscovered and rediscovered and have got royalties in their name hmm, for rediscovering what has already been discovered before. Hmm? And whatever they discover, somebody refutes them and discovers something new. Is that what we call as knowledge? And does that knowledge help society? If it does, does it give a sense of fulfillment? And very interesting it is. Hmm? They never found that satisfaction in any knowledge, whether it was facts or fiction. Till I got to read the Bhagavad Gita. And when I read the Bhagavad Gita and all I can say is grace of God that it came with the commentary of Pujya Gurudev Swami Chinmayananda based on none other than Adi Shankaracharya's commentary or bhashya on the Bhagavad Gita. And when I read it, like most people do, they think that they can have a crash course. So, just like people want to take a quote for the day, a message for the day, I also picked up in the middle, read it, not to admit my ignorance, immediately closed it and put it back on the office shelf of my father where I found it. Something, even with my scientific knowledge, was beyond me. Yeah. Either 
it did not make any sense or i was senseless but somehow the other after all these are words of my first love kept looking at it kept looking at it kept looking at it and realized that it cannot be senseless it is i who am senseless picked up the book one day and started reading from the very beginning and therefore let's start from the very beginning started from the very beginning itself and the way it unfolded or the way the commentary unfolded itself that the verses became alive and when people say oh teach bhagavad gita in a practical manner bhagavad gita is a complete practical book of living where every message of shri krishna every instruction advice of krishna's love is how we can live a productive life attaining fulfillment in our life and its ideas were not something that were beyond or transcendental it was not something that was promising some heaven after life that you cannot even come back and sue the priest who promised you that <laughs> it was pointing out how i can make my present life free of confusions free of all its strife and struggles in spite of whatever life brings me and face all these situations with confidence with courage and find our fulfillment in life itself found that the simple ideas that are expressed there even if you lived it for a day even if you lived it for an hour even if you lived it for a moment you could see the result immediately it no longer was a book of faith for me it was a book of direct experience and it promises by krishna himself that one who loves me with such devotion one who is free of all hatred one who knows me with single pointedness and is devoted to me with single pointedness such a person not only can see my true form not only know me but also enter into me so one who is free from ego free from hatred towards anyone and is single pointedly devoted to me shall experience me 
and I'd hardly reached the third chapter of the Gita and there he was in front of me. Hmm? That mass of joy and laughter in midst of any life situation hmm? expounding the Bhagavad Gita to everyone Charming everybody with his flute-like voice. Not sweet, quite hoarse. Holding this rod in his hand and pointing out to you that you imagine yourself to be a body, mind and intellect when you are the divine consciousness Living like a perceiver, feeler, thinker, experiencing the, experiencing the world of objects, emotions and thoughts and expecting to have from this ever-changing equipments, body, mind and intellect, body of course with its sense organs through which we experience through the senses, the world of objects. We experience that world and between two changing factors you expect permanent happiness. Hmm? There was this man whom I went to listen for the first time. Just as Sri Krishna had the whip in his hand, sitting on the chariot of Arjuna, he had this rod and this is his rod. Yeah, And believe it or not, if he wanted to whip, it would be strong, not physically, but would hit your intellect so strong that you could never hold on to your false ideologies, your stupid emotions, and your physical lethargy of sitting back and saying, nothing can happen. There this was this wise one. And in any life situations, a bundle of joy and laughter. Not making you feel ever miserable about anything in your life. For he came to point out to us that you are indeed of the nature of bliss. Hmm? That ananda you seek is not the joys of the world which comes with its package of sorrow. But you are that undivided bliss or ananda. That which you seek but you seek only in the world of ever-changing objects, emotions and thoughts, which are experienced as a pair of opposites, heat and cold, pleasure and pain, success and failure, joy and sorrow. Anand is your nature, Ananda is your Swarupa and he sends you the message that you are all Swarupa Ananda.
and bringing that message was this wise one sitting there if he was not in his laughter in his mischief in his looks in his smile in his love in his charm in his grace in his gait and never did he walk he was so majestic like ramchandra ji but then sometimes he would have this walk which could be said nothing less than a which could be seen nothing less than a dance such a krishna sat here itself in our midst teaching us the bhagavad gita and interesting enough that when i took bhagavad gita to him to get his signature for the first time and that's when i approached him very closely very afraid not out of his being a very awesome uh, him being a very you know strict personality but he being such an awesome personality they went up to him and said would you autograph my bhagavad gita and there he writes which i shall remind you at the end of this gita marathon camp he says read two verses of the bhagavad gita daily reflect and understand it clearly apply these understanding bits in your life and the joy of fulfillment that you shall experience is the divine vision of the butter thief of brindavan the one who stole my heart the joy of fulfillment that comes through the living of the gita in this life itself is the vision of the divine thank you for tuning in to this episode by the chinmaya mission if you like what you hear please consider subscribing if you're looking for exceptional and detailed content on the bhagavad gita and how lord krishna's advice to arjuna is relevant to the hurdles you face today or understanding your mind or explanations on hindu scriptures in easy to understand english the chinmaya mission youtube channel is the place to be all links are in the description